You know, <laughs> the sad thing is we had this idea before quarantine happened, right? Yeah. This was not born out of boredom. We had made a decision to watch these movies <laughs> and talk about them yeah. <laughs> before we were confined to our homes. Now all of a sudden we've got nothing but time. Yeah, nothing but time and <laughs> this hand that we've dealt ourselves of all the Disney Channel original movies. Well, maybe not all, but... Well, that's a fucking quick attitude. <laughs> I don't like that on the first episode, but... Listen, I... I've had three glasses of really bad Pinot and I'm ready to fucking party. <laughs> I'm Delaney Amatrudo. And I'm Ben Bond. And this is Movie Surfing, a Disney Channel unoriginal podcast. So today we're talking about 1999 smart house woo, woo. yeah <laughs> i had never seen this film before so i can't believe it yeah i know i'm a i'm a disgrace uh so i'm gonna start as is the tradition i intend to start this is the first episode so i can't say it's a time-honored tradition but god damn it it will be <laughs> <laughs> of reading the disney plus description of the film smart house when high school science whiz Ben Cooper goes online to win a computerized smart house specifically designed to make things easier, he instead finds life becomes more troublesome than ever. And I don't know how accurate that is. Of yeah, a wait a second. Film, because apparently he's a science whiz. Yeah, is this directly from Disney Plus? That's directly from Disney Plus. He's a high school science um, whiz. Yeah, it's never established that he's a science whiz. He's actually got the house doing his homework at one point, so I'm not certain about that. Although we do get in the first scene when he's going around cleaning... He does download something about Leonardo da Vinci, so I guess he's a science he's a science kid. He's just good with computers, I thought. I didn't know that that classified- This is 1999. Computers are science. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah, let's just jump right into it. We open on a very, very angry paper boy. Yeah, I wrote down, it opens with a paper boy who grunts like a tennis player every time he tosses the paper. He's like, ugh! And it's power over accuracy. He's kind of just putting it wherever. <laughs> In like a suburban neighborhood. He's he's pedaling down the street. He's tossing the newspapers. And uh, then he tosses it onto the, the lawn of the smart house. And yeah, we hear the voice saying, deposit the paper in the designated area which is not weird at all. Uh, and the kid the kid does think a human woman has talked to him, which is strange because there's no one around. Yeah, yeah, he's like, okay, lady, whatever. <laughs> so the f fucking smart house unleashes a tentacle, a peak 1999 CGI tentacle. It just snakes on out of there and picks up the newspaper and the kid's like, Gotta go! The kid is not as phased as I feel like I would be if I saw a house tentacle take my newspaper, but that's the title card. Smart house, not horror house of technological nightmare tentacles. <laughs> smart house. house. <laughs> <laughs> so the smart house delivers the paper from outside to science lady, and we know science because glasses. I, I wrote the same thing. I, I said, Sarah is a hot girl, but she wears glasses, which is how you know she's smart. And then we meet her, I thought, boyfriend, but... I guess they're business associates, right? He's also in the smart house. So Sarah and this guy in the strangest outfit I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> she's got glasses. He's got sunglasses inside. He's a dick bag. Yeah, they're they're just kind of setting up like that there's this contest and they're going to give away the smart house and the smart house is almost ready to go, whatever. And she's the scientist. She's the, the actual science whiz here who constructed all of this AI for the smart house, which I guess is not a word that we really, well... I think they maybe toss out artificial intelligence a couple of times, but it's not used anywhere near as often as it would be if this movie was made today. Right, because it's, you know, baseline AI stuff. It learns as it goes. But I think when they talk about artificial intelligence, I don't remember how they use I think they use it once, but I don't think they actually use it in that context. All this is to say the smart house is supposed to be the super futuristic, like amazing, super programmed computer house that does everything for you and learns from its inhabitants. And they're just going to give it away for free for some reason. Yeah, which I don't explain why they're doing that just to show that the smart house is 
awesome or I don't know it's just like some sort of promotion I guess I think about when I was a kid my mom used to religiously enter the drawing for like the HGTV dream house right same thing that so yeah but we're just expected to be like okay they're giving away the smart house cool okay so now we're introduced to our main character Ben what a shame that for our first episode we picked a movie whose main character is also named Ben yeah I know that because we just had to make it as confusing as possible (laughs) for all of the listeners yeah uh, well honestly it i think it'll be less confusing now because no one knows who the fuck i am oh yeah fair (laughs) enough i think maybe for the rest of this episode i might call you benjamin so we don't get confused okay yeah because i know your feeble mind can't handle yeah my my little lady brain can't sort out two different bens But Ben is played by Ryan Merriman, who is also the star of my other favorite DCOM, The Luck of the Irish. Oh, okay. Well, I'll look forward to that because I have not seen that movie either. I failed to establish that Smart House is one of my, like, number one DCOMs. Like, I remember it pretty clearly. Awesome. Ryan Merriman. I'll expect great things from him going forward. But so we're introduced to Ben and also the theme song of the movie. Jump, house... jump, the house is jumping. Yeah. There, you know, yeah. Which, which I was, like, very confused about when it started playing because he's, like, making breakfast. Okay, he's not even making breakfast. I have so many notes about this meal he's cooking, so we just... <laughs> Close up on Ben cooking for the family. And I made a note. I said, one, why is he rinsing his pasta? Two, what the fuck is he cooking? It's got noodles, tuna, and cream of mushroom soup. I I paused the video. I went back just so I could read the label on the soup can. In order to understand. Cream of mushroom soup. (laughs) Look, he he is the mom of the fam. Look, we're going to get there. But he's doing this for everybody, okay? The most, like, gross suburban mom thing I could think of is, like, tuna and noodles and cream of mushroom soup. So he's acing it, is what you're saying. Sure, yeah. He's, like, 12 years old, and he's a better mom than I'll ever be. Yeah, so he's doing all of the mom stuff in a very heavy-handed way. He's going to pick up Angie from school or from a friend's house or something. I don't know, but whatever it is, she rollerbladed there, and he's, like, wheeling her home. So, yeah, they get home, and he's giving her no rollerblades in the house, and then they're talking about the smart house contest, which Ben, I guess, is entering religiously. Yeah, and I guess it it seems to be established that he enters a lot of contests, yeah, because, bo- like, his dad and, and his sister Angie, are like, oh, yeah. another contest? Which I don't know how many contests you could possibly enter, especially not one to win a house, but I guess he's entered them all and he just keeps entering the smart house contest. Yes, because he, he wants his dad to never have to date anybody. Yep. <laughs> Important. Um, yep. So, well, I also made a note. I have to interject. Somewhere in here, there's some dialogue where Angie's like, oh, cool, tuna noodle casserole. And I was like, oh, I guess that that's what they're cooking. Glad I answered that question. Yeah. <laughs> Glad you you did all the Sherlock Holmesing because they do tell you. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, Angie mentions something about she wants a new mom. There's a line where they're talking about it, and she's like, "I don't know, I want a new mom." Yeah, and Ben's like, "No, I don't God. fucking think so." I thought that was a really odd thing to say. Maybe just like as the child of divorce, the idea of telling your dad like, "I want a new mom." Yeah, but but again, it's established that she was really young when the mom died, Mm -hmm. so she doesn't doesn't have the same whatever, the same uh, weight or gravity for her. Right. And Ben is just really resistant to his dad dating anybody else, which we learn because while he's cooking the tuna noodle casserole or whatever, a woman named Melanie calls to like leave a message for the dad. And Ben's like, oh, sure, 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 sure. Yeah, totally, totally, totally. Okay, okay, okay. I'll give him a message. All right, bye. And then he he's not going to give him the message. No. <laughs> the, the next scene, so Sarah is running the contest and she's there with Miles, her associate, and their boss is coming to oversee the contest. Yeah, and it's like, this is our chance to show him like how cool this house is and how big of a success this whole promo is going to be. Yeah, the boss is going to be really hype for this prototype that they've built to be given away for free and they're not making another one or selling one. So I don't 
Yeah, I don't know. I think it's important to note that Sarah is the one who establishes that there's this 10 p.m. contest deadline. Like, all the entries have to be received by 10 p.m. by, quote, electronic mail. 1999. So that they can run the story in the paper the next morning, you know, who won. And that is when we meet Butler. Yes, because a mouse comes out and she's like, oh! Butler. Okay, wait, I think Butler... No, no, no. He's not a mouse, Ben. He's a rat. Benjamin. Okay, he's a rat. He's a rat. <laughs> it's important. But I made a note. This rat comes crawling out of a hole in the wall that looks like something from Tom and Jerry. <laughs> you built a smart house and you just left a perfect rat-sized hole in the wall? Yeah, for Butler, duh. Butler doesn't Butler. live there. Sarah doesn't live there. Why'd they have to build a hole for the rat that doesn't live there? I'm not going to try to explain to you why Butler shouldn't be allowed to go in and out of the smart house okay. that Sarah built for him. Yes. Okay? <laughs> What's actually happening is Sarah just built this whole thing for her rat named Butler. Yeah, the prime directive for, for the smart house AI is to protect Butler's identity at all costs. So. <laughs> Butler can freely roam the smart house without being detected. I didn't, I really did not understand where this mouse hole came from, but there it was. And Butler comes out of it again later. Yeah. Well, that's why, that's why it's there is for plot reasons. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's another Chekhov's gun. Yeah, it's it's, it's but Butler's hole. Butler's hole. <laughs> you don't open a Butler's hole in act one that you're not going to go through in act two. That's... Okay. 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 <laughs> Okay, anyway, so the 10 o'clock deadline and also Sarah has a pet rat butler. Then it's cut to dad is talking to Ben about you got to get off the internet because I have to get a phone call. Yeah, you keep tying up the phone line, LOL, and, LOL. Yeah, my LOL. whole body shook with technological fear. Better days. But yeah, uh, Ben is like, okay, I promise like I'll be off the computer at 10.01. Right, because he's got to send in all his applications. And this is also when the dad is like, oh, by the way, have you been withholding messages from <laughs> Ben's me? like, no, dad. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, maybe there was just this one from this girl named Melanie. Melanie or something? It, it, and the dad's like, what? That's the one. When did she call? He's like, uh, last Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dad, I just forgot. He says something. I wrote down this line. He says, uh, Dad, you're doing so great without a woman. Why rock the boat? Yeah, I, I wrote down Dad and Ben have like an overly familiar talk about Dad's love life. Yeah. The dad's like, <laughs> I really got to get out there, son. And he's like, Melanie's not your type. And the dad's like, I have no type. I haven't had a woman in so long. Thanks, dad. Thank you for- I uh... love this. No wonder Ben is fucked up about this. Why rock the boat? Why rock the boat? Am I right? So anyway, yeah. Then we cut back to they're getting all the submissions. The boss is there. Uh, turns out that guy who's been around is the publicist, we find out. So I guess this whole thing was his idea. Makes about as much sense as everything else with this freaking guy. I didn't really, I didn't even clock that. First of all, you were like, oh, this guy, Miles. I never clocked his name. Yeah, I, I really had a, a deep hatred for this guy from the first time he came on the screen. So I was writing down everything I could about him. You're meant to feel that way. You're meant to hate him just because of the sunglasses. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> but yeah, so they're back at the house and her big boss is there and they're all going to pick the winner because now the, the deadline is passed. And they let Pat, who is the AI, right. essentially, of the house, randomly select the winner. Yeah, so they, they, they select it and cut to Ben fell asleep in front of the computer and they can't call him. Yeah, and they're like, oh my God, the line is so busy. And Sarah's like, there must be a teenager in that house. <laughs> <laughs> She's right. Science whiz that she is. Yeah, well, that's what glasses will do for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Ben's asleep at his computer. He sleeps through all the phone calls and they're like, ah, whatever. We'll just call first thing in the morning. Yeah, but then he oversleeps in the morning. So they're running out the door and they can't get the phone when it rings in the morning. So then at school, everybody's like congratulating him. And he's like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, it's on, like a but... slow clap through the halls. And he's like, why, why is everybody clapping for me? And someone just hands him a newspaper. Oh, oh, sorry. But hold on. Before, before he gets to class and finds out, we do meet his bully. Oh yeah, up. Ryan. Yeah. He, he comes up with his friend and very unintimidatingly puts a hand on Ben's shoulder, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, where's my science report? Benny boy. Oh, Ben, did this bring back some bad memories for you? That's harsh and true. <laughs> Yeah, anyway. but Ryan is also, like, one of the, like, most unattractive, unappealing 
ugliest high school movie bullies I've ever seen in my life. And he just also doesn't have any, like, he's not very intimidating to me, but maybe that's because I'm a grown-up now. (laughs) Yeah, I was wondering that myself, too, because usually the bully is, like, big or, like, scary-looking. Ryan is not particularly intimidating. He's got, like, weird spiky hair, and he's kind of... He's got those frosted tips, Benjamin. That's the scariest thing I've ever seen. (laughs) Right. Anyway, he wants the science report. Yeah, so we learn, I guess, that Ben's job is basically doing Ryan's homework for him. And Ben's like, oh, no, I think it's Ben's nerdy friend is like, you know, you won't learn anything if you don't do it yourself. Right. And then Ryan puts him in a locker. As you do. As you do. It's a 90s middle school movie. But yeah, then they go into the classroom where everybody's like, oh, my God, here he comes. Yeah. And they, yeah, they hand him the newspaper and he's like, oh, we won. Hooray. Yeah, that's when he finally figures out that they won it. Which I love that they ran the story that like the Cooper family won the smart house before the Cooper family even knew. <laughs> yeah, right. Something about that doesn't feel, Yeah, uh, I have to talk to Miles, the publicist. Yeah, I have to talk to Miles, the publicist and the boss who I don't think gets a name. Nope. But yeah, so but now so ben, ben calls, calls dad, dad from a payphone. Yeah. <laughs> A payphone at the school. And dad's like, okay, but what's the catch? And Ben's like, I don't know. Do you have a paper near you? Like, just read about it for yourself. And dad picks up the paper and he opens it up. And what does he find but a beautiful photo of Sarah? No image at all of the smart house. No smart house, just of Sarah, the science whiz, and goes, beautiful. Ben says, (laughs) practical too. I don't even think there is a picture the house he calls him out on it or something and dad is like oh whatever whatever cool. anyway yeah i guess it look. seems that yeah dad dad seems relatively skeptical about having won this house but he does want to see this sarah lady so of course they're present in the next scene which is a press conference where they're announcing that the family is won, and sarah makes a statement and introduces pat which is an acronym for personal applied technology so before siri before alexa there was pat Pat walked so alexa could run yeah and siri could not ever fucking listen to me (laughs) (laughs) so siri could just ignore us all (laughs) then there's a really quality line where one of the reporters goes so is there anything pat can't do and sarah goes i don't know um mime mime? Yeah, and I wrote that down because I was sure that was, I was like, they wouldn't have written that line and not had that come back for some reason. That's such a weird specific thing to say. That's got to come back at some point, right? Doesn't come back. Does (laughs) Does not not come come back. back. Really, really weird thing to say. Is there anything this house can't do? Um, Uh, mime? (laughs) Well, uh, you know, just thinking off the top of my head. Uh, mime, I tried. in the (laughs) world? (laughs) How do you find out it can't mime? I know it can do literally everything except mime. We've run the diagnostics. But if it's like, oh, well, the house doesn't have hands, so it can't mime. So many other things you can't do if you don't have hands. I don't know why miming is the... Sarah's a weird bird. So the family goes inside and gets the tour, and Angie gets stabbed by the smart house (laughs) off the bat, uh, and the smart house analyzes her DNA and everybody's like, wow, cool. Yeah, so the the family's basically like being registered into the system. Yeah. And it's like, oh, she just needs, she pricks your finger. And Angie's like, the house bit me. (laughs) Sarah's like, no, no, she just needs to like prick your finger to read your medical history or whatever, which to me sounds exactly like whatever Elizabeth Holmes is trying to create with Theranos. It's like, pricked your finger, and then it's like, she had measles, and she has a history of blah, blah. Did they say, like, she broke her bone when she was this age? Like, I don't even think that's a DNA thing. I don't know why her DNA would tell you that she broke a bone, but... Don't question Pat, man. You don't know how she works. Protect me. Um, me. (laughs) But yeah, so Pat is also Theranos and Alexa, extremely ahead of her time. Sarah says, she's going to know more about you than you know yourself, which is terrifying. That's Yeah, that's absolutely horrifying. But ain't that the truth of technology? And dad is off the bat trying to mack on Sarah while Sarah's doing her job. I just wrote, cool. 
she's a pretty lady. What can you do? Yeah, and she talks so smart and good about, but she doesn't have her glasses in this scene, so I don't know if I can trust her. Or does she have her glasses? I don't think she does. In my head, she doesn't have glasses, but I'm not sure. I don't know that she ever wears the glasses again in the movie (laughs) is the thing. After scene one, yeah. They just really needed to establish that she's a smart hot girl. (laughs) (laughs) so yeah they're walking through the house and getting all the cool features so like they're i guess green screen powers on all the walls so they like make a jungle safari and make a beach in the living room well the thing about the beach in the living room though is they're like you can see the wind like blowing back their hair from the projection of the beach and they're like wow you can really feel the mist so i don't know what that technology is i'm ready for for it bring it on um but it's definitely not just like a projection there's some sort of 4d element going on (laughs) and this is this is the thing that really got me is they're in the kitchen and sarah's like just say something to pat and i think it's uh ben is like uh uh, hi pat (laughs) he's literally like what's up pat and Pat reads all of his like has a tendency to overindulge in sugar and he's like the most ridiculous thing because Sarah does not set up that that's what's gonna happen she's just like oh say hello to Pat and then Pat's like hmm he's a little chonky isn't he (laughs) it's like whoa I just said hello to you you dick what the fuck but it turns out that Pat the kitchen is uh equipped with all these millions of tiny breathalyzers so when you talk she processes your breath I guess and yeah, I, I wrote she read his breath. Yeah, they just analyze it for like your nutritional deficiencies. And then she makes you snacks in accordance with what you really need. Right. So uh, that's when Pat makes Angie a strawberry smoothie, which just rises up from the countertop. Which again, I'm ready for that technology too. Please. This was 21 years ago and I still don't have my Pat. Yeah. It's kind of absurd, frankly. They had all these ideas then and they haven't delivered on them yet. And also the floor absorbers. This is when we're introduced to the floor absorbers. Yes. Uh, Because Angie drops her smoothie and the smoothie goes all over the floor and dad's like, oh no, we got to clean that up. And Sarah's like, no, no, don't worry about it. And then Pat just sucks the smoothie (laughs) into the floor. It's like the tubby custard machine, but in reverse. Where does it go? And she's like, where everything in Smart House goes. And that's it. Yeah, we'll never know. Somewhere at the bottom, like in the crawl space of this house, it's nothing but like rotting food. It actually just goes to Butler's home. That's that's how Butler eats. That's how Butler eats. (laughs) (laughs) It's all a conspiracy. Well, you know, okay, so there are some very rich people who in their kitchens, they have like vacuums. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like built into the the cabinetry where like when you're sweeping, you can like sweep your dirt into the thing, into the hole. Okay. That to me is like the floor absorbers like anytime i'm watching like an architectural digest video where somebody has the you're like the, the cabinet house. vacuum i'm like oh my god this is just like smart house give it to me now fuck your roomba i need <laughs> i need a built-in fuck floor your roomba. absorber my floor's a vacuum <laughs> so everybody's pretty pleased with smart house the kids are like what do you think dad can we move in And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, whatever, I guess, which is hilarious to me. Like, they just had this whole press conference. They've just publicized the heck out of the fact that the Cooper family is the new owners of the smart house. And they still have not actually agreed to move in. Yeah, they might not actually. They might decide against it. Who knows? I don't know. You do you, Nick. Is that his name, Nick? Yeah, Nick. Nick is the dad. Okay, so now the family's moved into the smart house and Angie's jumping on her bed. And in the background, Pat is playing this big projection of the music video for C'est La Vie by the group Bewitched. Ben comes in like, knock, 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 just coming to bother (laughs) you. Hey, Annoying Spice. Doesn't he call her like Annoying Spice or Aggravating Spice or something like that? Something like that. that. (laughs) Um, And Angie just kind of arbitrarily is like, you know that dad has a crush on Sarah, right? And then Ben says, do you even remember our mother? And I was like, whoa. Oh, that's aggressive. Yeah, it goes from zero to 60. She's like, you know that dad has a crush on Sarah. He goes, you're so ignorant. <laughs> Wait a second. You clearly need to work through some things, Ben. <laughs> Don't worry. He's going to monologue it to us because that's when he's like, that's why I slave over everything. So dad never needs a woman and we never have to replace mom. Yeah. Don't worry. We don't need the subtext. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> there is no subtext here. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, it's also kind of sad, and it's just, it feels to me like this is a kid who really needs to get into some therapy, because he's like, you want to know why I don't go out for the basketball team? Because I'm too busy busting my ass, <laughs> making sure this house runs smoothly, and you know why? So that we don't ever need another mom. I'm so, I, I'm so scared of you. What? Are you okay, Ben? Really, really dysfunctional. <laughs> um, anyway. Yeah, cut to Dad and Sarah having a very fun conversation about how Sarah dates burglars or something. And she's like, well, if I didn't have such bad taste in men, I never would have been able to make the smart house. Ooh. And I was like, Ooh. cool. <laughs> Wait a second. So is she implying that if she had a healthy, supportive relationship, she wouldn't get any work done? She'd be unable to science. Yeah. You cannot have both. Choose one. Healthy relationship or science. <laughs> well, that's why as soon as she meets Ben's dad, she can't wear her glasses anymore. Oh, that makes sense. It's It, it all makes sense now. But he, yeah, he walks her out and he get, she gets in her car, which is a very fancy convertible. Well, she works for a fancy company with a big boss. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. You're not used to seeing, like, the scientist in the movie, like, living living the high life. Yeah, you know, in that regard, this movie was kind of ahead of its time, the way that, like, now software engineers and, like, tech people are, you know, like, Elon Musk and stuff like that. Yeah, like, in 1999, like, the scientists would walk out the door and climb in their station wagon. Right, and snort and be wearing their glasses, but... So, yeah, and he's like, can I get your number? And she's like, you already have it, because Pat knows it. Enter secretary mode, Pat. And then it's the next morning, I guess. Pat wakes everybody up at 6.15 in the morning. With specialized alarm clocks, right? Yes. So um, Ben gets a, a championship basketball game and Angie gets um, the some Phil magic. Yeah, no, it's the di- it's it's Mickey Mouse. I was so hyped on this. <laughs> it was the Mickey Mouse Orchestra. I was like, I want that. That's what I want to wake up with. And then dad gets woken up with footage of an actual rooster. <laughs> The kids are all like, oh, sick. And the dad is like, what the hell is with this rooster, Pat? And Pat's like, hey, don't worry about it. I analyzed you and actually you find farms calming. Yeah, deep, deep down, you just want the simple life, Nick. I wrote, my house gaslit me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to wake you up with a rooster until you agree that you enjoy the rooster. Then you can't wake up without it. I know best, Nick. Oh, man. So then Ben goes to school. And Ryan comes to get his uh, science report. And his friends are like, yo, why'd you do that? Like, how'd you have the time? And he's like, I didn't write it. Pat did. He also says that having Pat is like having the world's perfect mom, which upset me. Oh boy. That's the setup for the rest of the film. Yeah, but it's like, she did all my homework and cooked dinner. There were cookies waiting on my desk when I went to bed. It's like having a perfect mom. I was like, Ben, you need help. You need therapy. Now here comes the token hot girl whose name is Gwen, which is a classic hot girl name. The hot girl, they all look the same. The more decoms I watch, the more I'm always like, oh, is this the same actress as Cadet Kelly? No. They just look the same and they have the same freaking hairdo. Anyway. They call her the goddess of eighth grade. Two. One day, Benjamin, I'll show you my eighth grade yearbook photo, and then I challenge you <laughs> to, to say that I wasn't the goddess of eighth grade. But so, yeah, so she comes up and she's like, we heard you, like, had this cool house and, like, we wanted to see it. And I told What's-Her-Name to ask you. And then she said, I should ask you. So now I'm asking you, can I come over? And Ben loses his mind. Yeah, obviously he's going to say yes. What did she think he was going to say? He's like, yeah, sure, whatever, anytime. And now back yeah, at home. Uh, so Nick is working from home now, I guess. Because Pat's like, oh, there's there's so much less distraction if you're working from here. There's too many distractions in the office. And Nick's like, well, I got this stupid ass dog making noise, which is not wrong. Because Pat's like, here, boy. Here, <laughs> mutt. Go fetch. Boing, boing, here, boing, boy. boing, boing. The fucking ball. Yeah, the boing. ball is like, pop, 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 pop. Thank you, Pat, for that very non distracting You're making it really easy for me to get my work done. But yeah, so I guess she's like synced up his work computer and his work phone to the house, and she's trying to encourage him to just get more work done at home. Yeah. So then the kids come home. They're they're making food again. Yeah, and they're like, can we have a banana orange smoothie? Which I'm not a smoothie person, so you tell me, is that a thing? Banana orange? 
Well, I don't want to incur the wrath of, you know, Twitter or whoever. I don't think so. I- <laughs> we don't want Smoothie Twitter to come <laughs> Look, for us. If there's one group of people you don't want to piss off, it's Smoothie Twitter. It's the Smoothie Twitter. <laughs> but I don't think so. I don't really it like just oranges sounds like and a, smoothies. A fancy creamsicle to me. Whatever, whatever. Whatever. Anyway, Pat malfunctions and starts shooting oranges all over the place. Yeah, the oranges are just pew, 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 pew all around the house. And Nick starts yelling at Pat to do something, which which is a very strange logic for me just because Pat's malfunctioning. (laughs) Meanwhile, Ben's going, it's attack of the killer oranges. So they're two days in, they've already lost all agency and they need Pat to do everything for them, even when Pat is the one causing the issue. Yeah, but then once Pat's done throwing the oranges, she's like, smoothie making capabilities temporarily out of order. And Angie's like, God, I knew it was too good to be true. What, Angie? Like, you didn't get a smoothie this one time. Like, you're... (laughs) You're still living in a smart house. They've already, they've already started to take Pat for granted. The, the dominoes have already started to fall. Tisk tisk. Now at least everybody has an excuse to call Sarah. Right. So now Sarah can come over. So again. Nick's like beep 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 beep. Let's do it. So she comes and she's in the computer zone in the basement or whatever, fixing the smart house. Oh, I did write. Are they ever gonna get a bill for all this food or like? Yeah, I was thinking about that in the shower today when I was thinking about how much easier my life would be with the smart house. Like, man, if I was in quarantine and I had a smart house, I wouldn't have to worry about going to the grocery store because I just ask for a smoothie and there it is. But somebody has to be stocking the basement or whatever with the groceries, unless there are house elves. Like, it works the same as in Harry Potter, where the house elves cook the stuff in the basement. Delaney? (laughs) Delaney? Yes? The answer's really obvious. Huh? It's Butler. Oh, and that's why his name is Butler. (laughs) That's why his name is Butler. The smart house is a front for Butler the Magical Mouse, who's actually doing everything behind the scenes. And that movie, friends, is called Ratatouille. (laughs) Okay, so Sarah's there. She does the computer stuff, and she's trying to show Ben. Yeah, there's this Ben's whole like, big control yeah. room. So there's a control room in the basement. Sarah's doing computer stuff. Uh, she's like, hey, Ben, do you want to see? And Ben's like, no, 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 no. Which, you know, considering he's a science whiz, you'd think he'd be like, oh, sick. Well, that's the tension, because really he does want to see. He just really wants to get in there. Yeah, he wants to see, but he can't, because then he's betraying his mom. It's a very emotionally complex film, Delaney. I understand that you didn't pick up on it. Yeah, my little tiny woman brain <laughs> can't process all them feelings. Yeah, not without your glasses. <laughs> So then she says, in all seriousness, I shit you not, I don't have cooties. Maybe I do. Yep. To this child. And he's already gone. <laughs> he leaves and she's like, I don't have cooties. God, I'm so alone. Maybe I do. <laughs> but then she ends up staying for dinner um, and they're having uh, lobster. Right. Because right, cause they're having themed dinners and she's like, I grew up in New England or Maine or I don't remember what she says, but. Something like that. She's like, I, I'm certainly happy to have more lobster or whatever. Uh, must be nice for those of you who aren't allergic to lobster. Ah, like me. now I understand why you were so upset about the lobster. I did not. I was <laughs> like, yeah, they're, they are having lobster. That's true. Anyway. They have this weird conversation about how Pat is super discreet and doesn't follow them into the shower, which feels like like a lie it's totally a lie i mean like how is pat supposed to know if she's in your bedroom like waking you up and projecting wild concerts on your wall like how does she know when you're about to like take off your pants yeah i know me i could take my pants off at any time you'll never see it coming pat yeah (laughs) god damn it pat watch this you're not my real mom anyway So um, Ben roasts Sarah. Yeah, about- like Angie's like, Sarah, are you a genius? And she's like, ah, ha, ha, no. And dad's like, oh, yeah, she's a genius. She totally is a genius. And Ben's like, I hear the geniuses are almost impossible to live with. And Sarah actually like gets upset. <laughs> like- she's like, well, then maybe I'm not a genius. He's like, no, no, no. D- don't sell yourself short. If you're a genius, then you're a genius. I'm just I saying. saw the glasses, Sarah. <laughs> you're an annoying genius. <laughs> so he storms off and dad's like, I didn't realize boys were involved with this body changing, mood swinging insanity. There's a lot of weird discussion about puberty or like the changes that he's going through. And it's like, maybe this isn't puberty. Maybe this is just grief 
that has not been properly dealt with. But then we have the the big like feelings meeting with Ben and his dad. Right. So Angie reveals to the dad or reveals to Sarah that the dad likes Sarah. And then later dad is like, you said Ben hates every girl that I like. What's that about? And so then he, yeah, that's what, that's what makes him go talk to Ben. And Angie clues dad in on the conversation that was like, I, I never went out for basketball or whatever because I was too busy taking care of everything at home. And so now dad feels kind of guilty and he goes into Ben's room to ask him about it directly. And I got to say, you know, I have seen some of these movies and I don't always buy the like parent child heart to hearts, but I was actually legitimately moved a little bit. I said I have a note here that says this the acting in this movie is really not that bad. Because I I actually bought as ridiculous as I thought it was because I thought Ben was so friggin' obvious about like how he felt about things, right? And like what his weird complex was. His dad kind of explains how like the aunt came to stay with them and then we just sort of settled into this routine and I thought that was part of the moving on, right? So like I kind of bought into why he was so sort of blind to it. Dad's got this great moment where he gets angry and he like throws something at the wall and it's just so not bad acting it's like 60 percent good acting and that's when the dad transformed for me into discount nathan fillion i don't know who that is should i google him uh it's castle uh, oh castle? Yeah, 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 yeah yeah i know who you mean okay okay anyway so I was like, wow, that was, that was a scene. Wow, I'm surprised. And then Ben is sneaking down into the control room the next scene completely unfazed, so I guess he's just a psychopath. They have this feelings meeting, but the one thing that I felt was like it wasn't totally resolved, you know, where it was all this stuff about, I don't want to replace mom, and dad's like, no, no one will ever replace your mom, but I totally get it. Like, I'm not going to try to replace her. And they hug it out, and then Ben has a line that's important where he says, like, dad, just you wait. Before you know it, Pat's going to be more motherly than all the moms on this block combined. So Ben is still dead set on Sarah's got to go, even though they had this moment. Yeah, well, because what he said earlier to Angie was like, why do you think I wanted the smart house so badly? Like, if we live here, then Pat can kind of do all the stuff that I can't do. And then we definitely don't need somebody to replace mom. So it totally defeats the purpose for him, you know, for them to move into the smart house and then for their dad to start seeing this lady. No, I get it. I just mean after they have this heart to heart, I thought Ben maybe understood his dad a little bit better, but clearly he's still got his plan going. Well, dad made it really clear, I think, that like he wasn't gonna not date anybody, you know? And so now Ben's like, oh no, what am I going to do? I have to prove my point. Right. So he's got Pat watching all of these like 50s sitcoms. Yeah, he breaks into the control room in some nonspecific way where he like drills he takes off a power the drill to keypad. Some keypad. Yeah. Um, and then he breaks in there and he's like, beep, 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 boop, boop, boop. And he pulls up like TV land or like the Disney Channel version of TV land. He's like, hey, Pat, you heard of the nanny? Here's my three moms. <laughs> and it's like the momity will continue. And I was like, Jesus, yeah. God. So he's like, Pat, just watch these videos. And Pat's like, okay downloading and absorbed so the next day she is completely sitcom momming everybody so she's like brush your teeth young lady and you don't want to make daddy late which was the weirdest thing pat said in the film yeah don't you don't want to make daddy late make sure you take your vitamins children it was all very strange she bakes some chocolate cupcakes and dad's like wait i thought you were doing these nutritionally balanced meals and she's like you just take care of your business and i'll handle matters of the tummy okay pat live your life yeah so they go to school uh then dad's like hey uh is pat being different did pat seem a little different to you ben's like yeah isn't it great (laughs) But now they're having a conversation and then Ben's like, oh shit. And dad's like, what? He's like, I forgot to do Ryan's science paper. (laughs) He's like, because he was so busy uh, reprogramming Pat in the middle of the night. It's like, oh no, I forgot to do Ryan's science paper. And the dad's like, wait, why were you doing Ryan's science paper? It's like, well, I wasn't doing it. Pat was doing it. Don't worry about it. The house was doing it. And so dad's like, sounds like this kid's bullying you. You should stand up to him. And so Ben goes to school. And the next thing we know, jump cut. Black eye. He comes home with a black eye. And Pat says, does it hurt like the Dickens, baby? Does it hurt like the Dickens, baby? And she gives him a raw steak to put on his face. So she swears revenge on Ryan and Ben. 
Ben goes upstairs and kind of has a sad moment. And I was a little bit moved by this too, because he kind of like is hurt and he's sitting in his bed and he's looking at a picture of his mom. And Pat sees this and starts downloading stuff. And I thought this movie was going to go into a very Black Mirror horrifying direction where Pat oh no. starts imitating his mom his mom can which, you imagine so should in, we write that movie look instead? so i straight up had the idea as i was watching this that if they did like a gritty reboot of this movie a la all of these nostalgia things like jumanji and stuff like that they could totally make like a pg-13 black mirror-esque very like heart-wrenching difficult movie about like grief and technology and i don't know i think it's actually the core of this movie is really good change of plans benjamin no podcast. We're going to we're going to write gritty remakes of decoms and just see what happens. Yeah. Smart house 2, too smart to house. <laughs> too smart to house. Too sad to mom. But yeah, it's it's He's on his, the the wall in his bedroom. He's watching old videos of his mom singing "Hush, Little Baby." Oh, right. And cooking the, yeah. and it and he's crying and Pat feels bad. Cut to dad in his office, and he's like, hey, Pat, call Sarah. Who I realized is discount Sarah Jessica Parker. I said the same thing. Yeah, she is fully Sarah Jessica Parkering in this movie. When he he's like, oh, Pat, call, call Sarah, and it's a video call, which I think, I don't know, but I think this was very much ahead of its time. I'm pretty sure that I saw people video calling in Pokemon as a child. I think there's an early episode of Pokemon where Ash gets to the Pokemon Center, and he calls Professor Oak, and it's on a video call. Well, we saw it in Pokemon so it must be real. You heard it here first, folks. Pokemon invented Skype. Anyway. I don't remember Skyping at all, personally, until maybe 2009. Yeah, but that's probably a function of- But maybe people were Skyping in 2003, but I don't think people were Skyping in 1999. No, this this was high tech. But So they're video calling and they're talking, and Sarah is like, wow, it must be hard for Ben. Uh, He needs to have some fun. I was also- I want to pause and say like wow sarah's very nice like ben has been nothing but a jerk to her this entire movie and she's like ah man what a difficult age he's going through all this puberty stuff and he just really needs to let loose and have some fun again we're getting back to like the emotional through line of this movie is actually like really clear and well done by these actors as much as i enjoy making fun of movies and especially you know campy kid movies or whatever like i was legitimately similarly like you're saying i was legitimately like wow what a nice lady like yeah she's really nice i would like you know i imagine myself watching this movie in maybe 2005 when i wasn't four like when it was released (laughs) and like wishing that my single dad would meet a lady like sarah you know she sort of encapsulated that the the ideal dad's girlfriend to me. Right. So anyway, Pat hears that Ben needs to have more fun and decides she's going to email a party invitation to all of Ben's friends. Uh, Hell yeah. When, because Sarah and Nick are going to go on a date. So that happens. The kids are like playing video games. Uh, Dad's like, gotta go. Help me pick between these two really ugly ties. Then he heads out on his date. And the kids are just kind of minding their own business. And it's like, ding dong. The guys get there and there's a weird Backstreet Boys dance break. Okay, yeah. We Wait a second. We have to talk about this because... So it's like ding dong and it's Ben's two best friends. Right, from school. They come in. They're like, oh my God, the party. We're so excited. We ran into Gwen at the mall and she said that she was coming. And now Ben's freaking out, right? Like hot girl Gwen is coming to my party. He's like, Pat, why don't you pull up a neat dance video? (laughs) She cues up this video of a boy band singing and doing a dance and ben and his two nerdy friends are all just like okay you ready five six seven eight and they do full choreo (laughs) to the to the video and then they finish it they're like yeah sick fist bump good job so yeah then the girls show up angie's the bouncer at this party and she's like sending people away if their name's not on the list Ryan the bully shows up and she's like, I don't fucking think so. And Pat's like, no, no, let him in. And I wrote, oh shit, oh shit, Pat's gonna kill him. And then hot girl Gwen is there and uh, Ben is showing her around and they're in the kitchen and she's like, do you think Pat can make us some desserts? I'm like completely craving something sweet. And Ben goes, you mean besides Besides me? me? I wrote, he learned to flirt from his dad. Wow, brutal. So 
Yeah, that line is weird, but you know what line is weirder? Ryan comes up to Ben, and Gwen's like, I happen to like him a lot. And Ryan's like, I like Ben on his back begging for mercy. Yep, I wrote the same thing down. (laughs) Ryan, like, comes up and starts hassling them, and Gwen's like, leave him alone. I just happen to like him. Like, I like him too on his his back. back. Begging for mercy. <laughs> the wor- that's the worst thing that's said in this film. To but each anyway- his own, Ryan. I mean, look. I don't- <laughs> Ryan is working through some stuff too, I think. That's puberty uh- for you. But Pat sees Ryan hassling Ben, and then it's time to go full evil villain. And this was the scariest thing. It's like this multimedia, horrifying. She puts this weird cartoon on. It's like fucking jigsaw and she's like do you like games ryan and she's like you think you're a tough guy ryan ryan's a tough guy he's meanwhile ryan's like hell yeah i am sick oh she's like let's put a spotlight on ryan yeah and then she starts playing the weird cartoon and like a skull hologram yeah so then there's like a, a holographic skull flying around the room and ryan's like scared out of his pants and then here comes creepy snake uh newspaper claw yeah the good old smart house tentacle the smart house tentacle comes in and <laughs> grabs ryan and throws him out of the party and then pat has this line that's like if you ever come after my Ben again, he may end up at the doctor, but it's you who's gonna get a house call. What the fuck is going on here? I'm wow. Hoping. Wow. Anyway, yeah, she's like, everyone else go back to the party. Oh, also- And then the kids are like, sick, jump, jump, the house <laughs> is jumping. Also, so then they're back inside. Yeah, Ryan does have a weird crony who like stumbles out of the house like, oh man, Ryan. Yeah. And Ryan's like, get off of me. But now, oh, Gwen, they're dancing. They're doing like a little dance line. And during the dance, Gwen takes her sweater off, scandalous, and just haphazardly thrusts it onto a plant. Yeah, I wrote eighth graders stripping. Great. Cool. <laughs> Very healthy. But she throws her sweater onto a plant, which seems insignificant, but it's not. No, uh, we, we, we we did skip Nick and Sarah's date when she's like, oh, one place for drinks and another place for dinner. He's like, how about dessert? And she's like, anything as long as it's chocolate. And he pulls an old Hershey kiss out of his pocket. Like, I was hoping you'd say that. What in the hell? I could do this. I could do this easy, except for me, it would be the crushed Reese's pumpkin <laughs> I pulled out of my wallet two weeks ago. <laughs> I was like, I can't close my wallet. What's this? Smushed Reese's pumpkin from October. Romantic. I wonder how long Nick has had that Hershey's kiss in his pocket. Well, long enough to stop having a type. (laughs) But then they they do actually kiss. Yes, and he starts laughing because he can't stop thinking about his kids. Right. And so then it's like, guess I gotta go home. Right. And at this point back at the party, Angie comes over to Ben and is like, time to wrap it up, man. He's like, get away from me. (laughs) She's like, no, like, seriously, dad said he would be home at 1030 and now it's 1023. And he's like, oh, shit. So they kick everybody out and then they're like, we'll never be able to clean up this mess because they threw a rager. Right. They're 13 and they threw a sicker party than I ever Ever did in my entire life as a child (laughs) or adult. Uh, but yeah, so Pat's like, don't worry, just throw it on the floor. It's the and, return of the floor absorbers. Right, but the floor absorbers don't just work for liquid. They literally destroy matter, I guess. I- I'm surprised Pat's not like, all right, kids, now the floor is lava. Get on the couch because I'm about to eat this shit. Yeah, like what's to stop the floor absorbers from absorbing the children? <laughs> that's Put that in our scary yeah, version. Yeah, that's smart house too. No- note to self. Um, <laughs> floor yeah, absorber Yeah, so they murder. knock everything onto the floor and the- they just... It all gets sucked into Butler's domain. Right. <laughs> right. Oh, wait a second. I think we forgot to mention the fact that at dinner earlier, when Sarah was talking to the kids about herself, she mentioned that she has a rat. And she tells us Butler's full name is Rat Butler. Yes. That's a quality pun. And the kids don't appreciate it, but I did. Hey, 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 Delaney, please explain the joke to me. You don't get Rhett Butler? Oh, oh, yeah, Rhett Butler from Gone with the Wind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I did not, I didn't. Yeah, he's the guy from Gone with the Wind. So she has a rat named Rat Butler. It's hilarious. Laugh, Ben. (laughs) Please laugh. Please clap. Um, 
Okay, yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, yes, you're right. So, Rat Butler gets the party food, Dad gets home, none the wiser. Except, and I wrote this down, oh, I bet they <laughs> missed that girl's shirt or whatever. Yep, there it is. Important to note that as all the kids are rushing out, Gwen does kiss Ben. Oh, right, yes. And then after everything's cleaned up, he's waiting on the couch for his dad to come home. Dad truly has no idea. It's stupid Ben who, like, his eyeballs pop out of his head when he notices the sweater is still on the plant. Like, if he hadn't made such a big deal out of it, Dad never would have known. But so he's looking at the sweater, and then Dad's looking at the sweater, and he's like, what the hell? I'm not sure how dad makes the leap from there's a sweater on my ficus <laughs> to my kids must have thrown a party. And then Pat jumps in and says, it was my idea. Which it was. I mean, the kids had no idea. So Pat's like, listen, this was my idea. You said that you wanted the kids to have more fun. And he's like, well, yeah, but like supervised fun that I'm included in. Like, this is really weird. And he tells Pat that she needs to be more responsible and knuckle down. Knuckle down. And she's like... If you want me to knuckle down, by golly, I'll knuckle down. Yeah, so the next morning, Pat's knuckling down. Uh, She doesn't like where Ben's shorts are, so she literally electrocutes him until he pulls them up. Yeah, I wrote down that Pat is being mean mom, TM, TM, TM. Right. And uh, making Ben pull up his shorts, and then he stops Dad from calling Sarah when he wants to, and then she makes Angie watch an educational science show instead of her cartoons. And then decides she's sick and has to stay in her bed and cannot leave her bed. Yeah, she's like, you have a temperature and you need to be in bed. And then this is my favorite line. I don't know if you wrote this down. She's lying in bed. Dad brings her some soup and he's like, just to be safe, maybe we should keep you home from school tomorrow. And Angie goes, no, dad, tomorrow's our field trip to the llama farm. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) The llama farm, of course. What the hell? (laughs) Uh, I mean, I'd be psyched about it too, but what? I went to school in the middle of farming country in Tennessee. I never went on a field trip to the llama farm. Sounds like you missed out. Clearly I did. So dad's like, yeah, we'll see how you feel in the morning. Sarah comes over to try to make Pat mellow out and like reset her code or whatever. And she decides she's just going to shut the whole system down for the evening to give Pat a break because she's kind of getting too many mixed messages and whatever. Right. So then Sarah and Nick are cooking dinner together and kissing and being all cute. And Ben is watching very upset. Nick says, who needs Pat anyhow? Yeah, because he succeeded in making a salad. (laughs) Decom dad. Decom dad is just chopping some (laughs) lettuce. He's like, who needs Pat anyhow? And so Pat overhears this somehow. Wakes up. She reboots her own system and is like, no more fucking around. No, no, no. Who needs Pat anyhow? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Anyway, so they're sitting down to dinner. They have not realized that Pat is back on. And Sarah has made peach cobbler. Right, so they're like, oh, we're gonna have the peach cobbler, and Ben gets upset, and Ben says, it's mom's peach cobbler, it's not the same, and I wrote, and honestly, Sarah is a pretty good actor. Yeah, she's good. (laughs) She literally has been on, she was on a million seasons of NCIS, she's not a slob, you know, like, it's, it's different. But yeah, I wrote down, as usual, Ben pitches a fit at dinner because Sarah made peach cobbler, question mark? He's the dad is like, well, I asked Sarah to make you peach cobbler because I know how much you like it. And he's like, well, I like moms. And she's and he gets up to go and he's like, Ben, you come back here right now. And Sarah's like, no, no, it's okay, Let him go. And then they have another feelings meeting. Yeah, which I think is less successful than the first one. Because I said I was starting to have feelings and the dad had to come in and angry yell and basically tell Ben he's an asshole. Oh, maybe this is where dad is throwing stuff. Maybe. Both of them sort of blur together for it me. It does turn, and I think that's the moment you were talking about earlier. Because he comes in and he's just mad, but then it kind of figures itself out. Like, it makes sense. He was acting that way, and then he realizes he shouldn't have been acting that way. Well, and you know, Dad makes a good point. He's like, look, you can feel however the hell you want to feel, but you're not allowed to be a jerk to people. Like, you were just a jerk to Sarah for no reason. Like, that's not acceptable to me. 
And Ben seems to feel kind of yeah. bad. Yeah, and the dad's like, I lost somebody too, and mm-hmm. I love your mom. And this this worked for me, this scene. I, I actually, again, like, I thought everybody's sort of, like, motivations and feelings were strong in these parts. I think overall, the, the, the movie's very well acted for being, like, a decom from the late 90s. Yeah. You gotta gotta take what you can but i think it's pretty solid but while they're having this feelings meeting pat is leveling up again yeah because dad says who would be foolish enough to try and replace your mother and i thought as pat starts synthesizing a body that she was going to take the form of their mother yeah that would have been just so horrifying again in the gritty reboot of this movie that's got to be what happens fair enough but instead what happens is pat's like uh, initiating virtual projection mode and she builds this what i i wrote down she builds a hologram of herself and it's like a 1950s like housewife right um turns out though that a virtual projection and a hologram are not the same thing because pat later has a line (laughs) that goes sarah wouldn't know a virtual projection from a hologram and i was like oh well i'm stupid me neither me neither i guess i'm an idiot um (laughs) um yeah but so she shows up in ben's room and ben's like uh what's going on she's like in in scary mom mode now we we've seen the the disney channel scary dad this is scary mom she is mostly mad because she thinks that now that um ben and dad seem to be on sort of the similar page about sarah now pat is mad that sarah is going to replace her is going to replace yeah exactly so she says you can't bring another woman into my domain and is like we got to get rid of sarah uh and this is where again i wrote can we please have an adult remake of smart house that's basically black mirror and confronting laws this is the original black mirror (laughs) smart Uh, house is the original black mirror (laughs) um but yeah so pat summons the tentacle (laughs) yeah she summons the tentacle and throws sarah out with the claw thing and then she just locks down the house it's like right oh the doors turn into steel beams yeah um really scary um and so pat is essentially now saying that she has no intention of letting the coopers leave the house ever again because she's going to be their mom and nick can work from home and the kids can be homeschooled but the kids are like well, homeschooling is a thing, but you're not usually schooled by the home. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah, and then she, then she multiplies. There are multiple Yeah, because they're like, now. well, but if you're going to be teaching us, then how can you also be helping us with other things? And she's like, well, turns out I can multiply myself. And so now there's a whole army of angry Pats, which is, again, very scary. Yeah, I, I, I wrote Pats mixed media torture sequences are honestly extremely unnerving. They're really... <laughs> I was like, this is so scary, this movie. But now... We cut to outside where Sarah is trying to figure out how to get back in. And I think at this point she's summoned back um, Miles. Miles. Yeah, he's back. I wrote Sarah calls shithead for help. Great. (laughs) And so she sends in the real hero of this film, uh, Rat Butler. Butler! And he comes out of his hole with a note for Ben, which tells him to like... I am Sarah? Send an SOS to smartsarah.com or something like that. Doesn't matter. Anyway, she gives Ben instructions to contact her. She also does say Pat has enough supplies stocked to last a couple of months. So that sort of answered the question about the food. Well, what happens, though, if you live in the smart house and you're like, I want black truffles? Pat knows what's best for you. Black truffles are too expensive. You can't afford that, Nick. I've seen your taxes. (laughs) I don't want that, after all. Turns out I don't need the smart house looking at my financials and telling me what I can and can't afford. Yeah, well, again, the smart house is just an advanced gaslighting mechanism. So you think you want something and smart house is going to tell you you can't have it until you realize it's worse for you i hate it okay i'm coming around i see i see the folly of the smart house <laughs> okay um so the next morning the paper boy comes and the tentacle has to come out to get the paper and there's this big hole that the tentacle comes out of and so sarah jumps into the hole the tentacle hole yes to get into the house <laughs> since it's all on lockdown and meanwhile i guess maybe to be like the distraction ben is like oh god Oh, it hurts. I have appendicitis. So Pat goes into full mom mode trying to to help him. And I guess that keeps her distracted long enough to where Sarah can get up to the control room. Also, I'm a little bit confused by the concept that Pat could be distracted because 
she's everywhere she's everywhere but uh, not the point now that she's taken a physical form i guess that's her limitation pat's distracted but not for long because after sarah lasers a thing it's like security breach security breach so pat beams herself up to the control room sarah gives her a talking to and says she's out of control and then pat grows yeah, to a horrifying. giant size. Again, very horrifying. She she blows up giant. She's like summoning lightning. And then she beams herself into the <laughs> living room where Sarah has fled to. <laughs> she's projecting a storm onto all the walls and there's a tornado. Yeah, she's spinning, she's like spinning like around spinning and around. a small tornado in Wonder the living room. Wonder twins. While singing Hush Little Baby. <laughs> and I was like, this could be a really heartbreaking sequence better managed uh but it's so scary (laughs) are you kidding me if a week ago you were just minding your own business watching videos of your mom singing hush little baby to you as a child and now there's a virtual housewife spinning around a giant virtual housewife spinning around in your living room causing a tornado singing hush little baby (laughs) with a dead expression it's a nightmare it's literally something out of your nightmare But so while she's doing all this, Ben decides to just drop some truth bombs on her. And he's like, look, Pat, you can never be our mother because you're not real. And Pat's like, huh? What? This is when she realizes that she's not real. And he's like, you you can never hold us. You know, look, my dad, you're creating this whole freaky storm. Like my dad and Sarah, they were able to protect us. And you'll never be able to do that because you're not real. And so then she comes up and tries to, to like stroke his face. And her hand just goes right through him. And she's like, you couldn't feel that at all, could you? And he's like, no. And fine. All that's good. But I got one word for you, Ben. Tentacles. I can always stroke you with my tentacle. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) But she... She, I guess, realizes, you know, that he he's right. So she goes back and she shrinks back to regular size. And then there's a storm, you know, it starts raining as she's crying. She like short circuits out and disappears. Yeah, and she's like, I'll miss you all. And then I guess things are back to normal. Sarah goes and reboots the system and like changes the coding or whatever. And I wrote in all caps, they're going to reboot Pat after that. Yeah, but you know, okay, this is the thing. This whole time, the reason that Pat got all messed up is because Ben went in there and messed with the program and made her watch all those shows. And he doesn't cop to that until now. Like after Pat disappears and they're back in the control room trying to fix her, it's like now he's told people that, oh, I had broken into the control room and made her watch these shows. And the dad is like, just don't do that again. Except the last thing that happens in this movie is that she's got pancakes. They're waffles. Whatever. She's got the waffles and she's like, there's chocolate chips in these waffles. So what happens is like after the, after the shot of them in the control room, like putting things back to normal, then it's kind of like life goes back to normal. And you know, Ben's playing basketball and Pat is giving him sort of harmless critique on how to fix his form and stuff. Then Sarah comes over for breakfast and they're all sitting at the table and dad has made waffles from scratch. Angie's like, mmm, chocolate chip waffles, my favorite. And dad's like, I don't put chocolate chips in your waffles. And he's like, did you put chocolate chips in there, Angie? And she's like, no. And Ben was outside, so he couldn't have done it. So they're like, well, who put the chocolate chips in the waffles? Yeah. And then they all think it's so cute and charming that Pat is making decisions on her own again because she knows best. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah, Ben's like, I think I know who it was. And it's like him standing <laughs> next to the monitor in this the kitchen. This horrifying freeze frame of Pat making a face. Yeah, like Pat's still in her like fake human virtual projection form on the screen, like with a knowing smile. And everybody's like, ah, ha, ha, oh, Pat. Ah, ha, ha, we're back to being controlled by the house. (laughs) I didn't even really think about it like that. Yeah, it's fucking horrifying. They they need to turn this house off. The house was gaslighting them before the house was at all changed. This is a horrible indictment of, like, virtual... This movie is so good. (laughs) This movie is so good, and it doesn't even realize how good it is. That's what I'm it's saying. It's a cautionary tale. Yes. It's, it's a good thing that I only let my Alexa control my lights. 
but it's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time before Alexa starts making decisions based on what Alexa thinks is, is best Putting for you. chocolate chips and in my waffles. Then Alexa hears you talking about how life is hard sometimes. Now Alexa's putting arsenic in your waffles because she thinks <laughs> you'd be better off. All I'm saying, <laughs> don't... Smart house. You don't want a smart house. No one should have a smart Be house. Be careful what you wish for, everyone. <laughs> um. So, okay. How would you rate this movie out of 10 in terms of regular movies? Honestly, I'm going to say it's a solid, like, 7 out of 10. What about uh, on the DCOM scale? Well, so it is the first one, right? Uh, I've seen precious few in my time, uh, especially the more obscure ones that didn't spawn multi-movie franchises, High School Musical. Uh, But I really did enjoy this movie. I thought it was pretty well done. I'd probably give it like an 8.5 or a 9 out of 10 for a DCOM. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, so I think that we're about on the same page. Um, So I gave it, a 6 out of 10 on the like regular movie scale and then for decoms I gave it an 8 out of 10 which I think might even be a little bit low perhaps now that you've talked about it yeah well yeah I, I think I'm reserving the right to to watch more decoms and then rate something higher like I don't want to give this like a 9 and then watch a bunch of movies that I like better so eight feels safe to me. Maybe we'll call it an eight and a half, something like that. We can always move the rankings around over time, but it checks all the decom boxes for me, like the like the annoying younger sibling, the protagonist who plays a sport, the single parent, the dead mom, the parent villain figure, the dad's new girlfriend thing. Like it's just classic decom content. Um so, I mean, eight, eight and a half feels right to me, but I guess we'll see what happens as we watch some more. I think that I'm just so taken with it because it truly, and this sounds stupid to say, it feels like it has so much relevance today. Well, it does. I mean, it's ahead of its time, like you were saying, right? Like the technology that they were kind of making up, right? In 1999 is stuff that we kind of have now, but on maybe a, a less frightening scale for now. But yeah, no, ex- exactly. That's uh, That's what I was saying, that it's like, Black Mirror. I don't really know a better analogy other than it's just very sort of compelling and interesting to me today more than I even think it would have been if I had watched it as an adult when it came out. Not that I would have necessarily done that. And the I just think that the core of this movie is really good, actually. Like, technology replacing things that we don't want to confront emotionally and like our humanity and the struggle between like technology and humanity and like I don't know it was good it's a good movie and I liked it a lot yeah I really enjoyed it you know like I I came into it kind of looking for things to make fun of and then I found myself mostly just kind of sitting back and enjoying the movie yeah that's the crazy thing it's <laughs> like I, I I did I was just enjoying it I mean there's goofy CGI stuff and there's goofy you know dated stuff but like at its core this is not a bad movie I like it I always liked it it remains really high on my list and I guess we'll see how it stacks up as we continue to go through the the repertoire so that's 1999's smart house in the books on the books in the house jump jump the house house is is jumping jumping. (laughs) all right great